Hey girl, it's your girl Angie Ray. Thank you so much for calling in yesterday. I really, really appreciate it. I hope all is well and that your Monday is fabulous. Uh, my Monday is about to be ratchet because I'm about to watch some love and hip hop. Don't judge me. Anyways, girl, hope everything's well. Bye. Peace. This is Bucks Gigante of Rad TV sending a shout out to Grown Girl. Keep making history out there, sis. Super salute. Um, no, first of all, I just really admire your work. You know, I've been watching you for about two years. I've known you. Mm -hmm. And um, you're just very creative, very talented. I've been watching all of your blogs and your pictures, your images, your design work. I'm excited about your podcast. Yeah, you know, I had to show people that I got the juice. So. Ooh, baby. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get started. I didn't know. Um, hey guys, I'm here with my my first podcast guest, Michelle Gome. There's an N in front and it's silent, just so y'all know. So if you see it in writing. My first podcast. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> She's a networking expert, a speaker. She is multi-talented and she just has pearls of wisdom and I want her to drop them here on the Grown Girl podcast. So I'm going to test Michelle. Do you know what the Grown Girl podcast is about? The Grown Girl podcast. <laughs> I mean, you just started, but um, I think it's, it's about being clear, being your true self mm -hmm. and being clear. And what I like from my understanding, what I like about you and the concept of this show, it's about addressing everything that, makes us who we are as a woman yeah and so how i came up with the concept i was sitting there and i was like wow there's so many things i should know that i mm. don't and it wasn't deep it was stuff like where do acorns come from <laughs> and uh you know how's toothpaste made and mm. then it got deeper um yeah, I just, there's so many things I don't know about sexual health, about sexuality. Mm -hmm. And I thought about all the things that I had learned in the Instagram world, in the social media world, because mm -hmm. I learned a lot more than I ever learned at school. Oh, wow. So, and through the people I met, and I just wanted to talk about it. I don't know what else people wonder about, um, the things they feel like they should know and they don't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I made a whole list of things for the next few months that we're going to talk about. Michelle is here for Black History Month. We're going to talk about a couple different topics. This might get turned into two separate episodes because Michelle likes to talk. We're going for four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we're both ramblers, so <laughs> no offense, girl. Um, so initially, I wanted you here for my journaling thing, but... Um, I'm flaky and then I caught no. the flu. Okay. The flu. Yes. <laughs> so if you want to talk about that still, you're more than welcome to. Okay. Um, but yeah, we also want to talk about black sexuality mm -hmm. and <laughs> she's rubbing on her. So all right, she did a shimmy. That is not on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a camera, but I decided not to record. So you cannot see the awesomeness that is going on right now. Um, but you know. Anyway, so, and we're also both parents of immigrant parents. We're also both kids of immer, immigrants. Your parents are, you're first generation, right? Yes. Yeah. And so am I, um, your parents are from where? Cameroon, and West my, Africa. Yeah. And my parents are from Trinidad in the Caribbean. So we're also going to talk about that. Um, and just, you know, a whole bunch of black history stuff and the black experience and our experience as black women in the U.S., um, because I never actually lived in Trinidad. Yeah. So I don't know much about that, but I have parents, so I kind of understand the random misogyny that comes no. out of that country. No. Let's start. Yeah. Let's right. Dive in. Um, so let's start, let's start with that. And then we okay. can ease into black sexuality. So we were talking about, so there's a term and I can't remember what it is. It's like, it's when you are a child of an immigrant and uh and then maybe the same race as something in the u.s but you don't fit into either group hmm. so you're like your first generation um you may be black or asian mm -hmm. something like that and so people who are born here 
you also don't fit in with them because you have different customs. Right. Um, because of your parents. Right, right, right. And I, man, let me see if I can look it up. But it's a really interesting concept. And I thought that's exactly where I, I exist. There's so many things that I, that were different, but I looked black. I look black. Right. And so I am still assigned the traits of a black American. But there are things that, and I'm, I'm not saying one is better than the other. I want to be clear, but there are things I learned that are very different than you would learn if you were born with parents who are from here. Um, so, yeah, what do you think about that? I think that's true. Um, I've been, I mean, even now at the age of 35, I still struggle with that. I feel like I've been struggling with that all my life. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, I'm working on writing my memoir with the emphasis on the sexuality component, which we'll jump into later. So I've been doing a lot of personal reflection over the past couple of months as I write out my narrative. And like, I had a hard childhood, mm -hmm. you know? And I think, it, I think it's hard for that time period, or obviously in the midst of it. But I like to think for someone like me, it's the first version of code switching. Yeah. Right. You know, usually when we say code switcher, we're thinking black and white. Right. But I remember going to school and not being black enough. Mm -hmm. Right. And then with my mom amongst her friends, not being African enough. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you're an American child. You yeah. Know? And I actually like to claim I'm African. Like before anything else, I feel like I'm African, even though I was born in the States. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there was always. I was, I've always had those moments where I felt like I haven't belonged, mm -hmm. right? And I think now growing up, um, there's just there's still things I don't know. Yeah, because your whole <laughs> your whole identity is based on the fact that you're not you're not enough of one thing and you're right. not enough of something else. Like this Christmas, my family had Trinidad Christmas and mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, um, and I remember so my dad made sorrel, which is a Caribbean drink made from a flower. And I don't really like it. It's kind of, it, people put different amounts of sugar in it. It's like Kool-Aid. I never really had Kool-Aid, I assume. <laughs> but, okay. um, and so they always make fun of me when I say I don't like it. They're like, that's because you're not Trinidadian enough. And that hurts my feet. I don't, I laugh it off because that's how Trinidadian people joke. They, they be trying to hurt your feelings, but I get butt hurt. I'm like, okay, well, Thank you. Yeah. And like you as my parent reminding me is not helping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not In fact, I'm like, you raised me. So why didn't you tell me how to love this more? Um, but yeah, um, I think you get it from both sides, yeah. right? It's and I, like, even on like my personal relationships with guys, I remember one time I was dating this um, young man. I was in my twenties and he would just say stuff. There's just things I have no idea. And I think people fail to realize I grew up in an African Cameroon household. Mm -hmm. Like, just because I went to school with you, like, I may be down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not all the way down. But I'm learning stuff from yeah. you. And he would say stuff like, oh, yeah. Well, I remember we got into this argument. He was like, you want some tea cakes? And I'm like 20-something years old. I've never heard of this cookie, this dessert called cake. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't like, no, I don't know what's that. And he was like, you don't know what that is? How you're from, you know, you're from the South, everyone in Texas. You know, he was making a big deal. And I'm like, instead of you informing me. <laughs> oh, I'm one of those people. I'm like, why don't you know this? Even though this podcast is based on the things I don't know. Like... If somebody is like, I don't know what that is, I'm like, ooh, you should. And so. this is not, like, it's a cookie. It's not even, like, black history novel. And he went, like, he will go in on me so many times. And he's like, or, oh, yeah, I forgot your parents just got off the boat. Oh, no. Yeah. That's like, We introduced her to his mm -hmm. parents. And I don't even think he knew. They knew she he was dating her. And then she threatened to leave, so he finally told them. And they were upset and she was upset and she was like, do I stay with him? I love him. And the read basically told her if, if you can never meet them, you, you can't be with him. I thought it was a really interesting letter because I'm in a, in a biracial, mm -hmm. is that the term? I'm in an interracial relationship. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my dad never said outright, 
you know, that's don't do that. But it was an issue. Like he he jokingly made it an issue. And he wasn't welcoming. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was every boyfriend. Like <laughs> he, uh, one time he tried to introduce me to an African man, and that he was excited about. <laughs> of course. Yeah, but everyone else, he was like, mm. it's it's interesting. I think um, I'm single, but my brother. Um, so my mom, well. My brother and I have the same mom. So my mom is from Cameroon. Mm-hmm. My dad is from Cameroon. Mm-hmm. And my stepmom is from Cameroon. Okay. So my brother, obviously our mom is from Cameroon. And his dad is Nigerian. Okay. So I default my brother t- to being a Nigerian man. Mm-hmm. And he married an African-American okay. woman. Right. And I like her though. I love her because she's been very welcoming to the culture and everything. But... There were some small problems, mm-hmm. you know, from from me on the outside looking in. I don't know how it affected the relationship, but it was one of those things where um, the parents are like, uh, I, guess, I guess parents don't think it's going to be serious. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. And then when it's serious, it's like, why don't you date a Cameroon girl? <laughs> why don't you date a Nigerian It's like girl? I'm five years <laughs> in. You didn't think that maybe. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, his dad was kind of like, well, I don't want to know who you're dating. And it was it was kind of bad. Like, there were some issues leading up to the wedding as far as, I think, not even who she is as a person, because she's a great person, mm-hmm. but just because she's not a part mm-hmm. of the of culture. culture. And I know me growing up, like, and especially in the biblical sense, it's like, don't mess up the bloodline. Oh, okay. Like, because I, I also spent some time living with my dad and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, don't mess up the bloodline. Yeah. This was like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. But that was, what, 15, 20 years ago? Yeah. And I'm still young? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, but I would hold on to that. Yeah. I, I would hold on to that. And now I'm all the way off the bloodline. So. See, it just took a little, a little time. <laughs> I mean, we grow out of all of it. But I used to blame my parents. I'm like, you mad about who I'm dating, but you moved me. You moved me into, mm-hmm. I wasn't born there. You moved me into predominantly white mm-hmm. area. Nobody looked like me. Yeah. Nobody was from a country yeah. I was from. Like, who am I supposed to? Yeah. Like, my default is, I'm like, oh, he's a fine white man. Because that's all, <laughs> that's all I ever knew growing up, you know? And now my horizons have broadened. I'm like, look at the, look at that fine man, period. <laughs> But until I was like 18, I didn't know anything else. So mm. even in college, like I didn't, I missed out. I missed out on the mm. blackness, on fine black men. And I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, you know what? I didn't think that I deserved a tall, beautiful, chocolate what? black man. And so I just never, I was like, I could have dated them if I had just been confident about it. But Man, I dated some scrubs. <laughs> like my exes, actually, they're both they're both black, uh-huh. but they were scrubs. I'll be honest. Sorry if y'all are listening yeah, to look, this. You let me know when you want to dive into the sexuality component. <laughs> I will. I will. Such scrubs, though. And I thought I was like, I deserve better, but mm-hmm. that's something. Again, you have to grow into. Yeah. But I had that revelation out, and then like my boyfriend now. I don't think he's better because of race. I mm-hmm. want to make that clear. But he he is he's sweet and he mm-hmm. treats me really well. Yeah. And that's because I finally was like, I deserve yeah. somebody who treats me good. So and again, they weren't trash because they were black, but I if I had just thought I deserve better all around and that I deserve better from anyone, yeah, um, no matter a race, I think it would have been a different story. And so much plays into that. I mean you got age, mm-hmm. maturity, experiences. You combine all of that. Yeah. Because I did some stuff when I was younger. I was like, I don't know what I was doing. Yeah. But at the time, you're like... <laughs> did I, I, like, I don't even know if I had a standard. Like, my standard at the age of 21 was, you know... I That's was- true. I just wanted... <laughs> I just was like, oh, you like, oh, you open the door for me. So where you like me. So are we going to go to Chili's or not? Like, <laughs> oh, my ex worked at Chili's. This, yeah. I had no standard at 21. Yeah. Like, now. Oh, Lord. Man, I, last time I went to Chili's, I was like, oh, y'all just don't care. You don't care how this plate looks. 
You don't care how you're plating on this. We deserve better than Chili's. Let's take a quick break, okay? The Grown Girl Podcast couldn't be possible without my awesome Patreon supporters. If you're wondering what Patreon is, it's a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. So in exchange for a low monthly patronage, people like me can provide you with first look and exclusive content, just like this episode of the Grown Girl podcast. I have supporters, so shout out to my Latoyas, my Michelles, my Kelly, Solange, and Beyonce's. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, I thank you in advance. Again, if you want to find out more, head to my website, thoughtscaughtinmyfro.com. And let's get back to the show. Chili's last night though. But <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, I'm judging you. What did you eat? I had the shrimp pasta. Okay, that's all right. That's kind of that comes out looking good. It wasn't a planned meal, but mm-hmm. you know. Okay, I feel it. We'll, we'll get if it, it was like chicken tenders or something, I would <laughs> I would judge you. But don't be ordering off the child's menu. Not oh, not me. Not me, but we'll I don't believe you. <laughs> no, the, you look the, like you love some chicken tenders. Um, I'm very picky about my chicken because I, I like I like eating my chicken with honey. So what? Yeah. So if I don't have any honey with my chicken, that's I'm, a necessity. For I'm you? not gonna eat it. So you go to Chick Fil A. Yeah, I go to Chick Fil A. Actually, I had Popeyes yesterday. Tiffany made me go to Chick Fil A the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, I was running late. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I have time to go to Chick-fil-A. It's fast food. The line. I was like, it's 8 p.m. Why is the lines? Chick-fil-A? I don't go there. So I didn't know oh, what was going on. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, I don't know how we got on chicken. I don't, like, I don't know. I have more. One day we'll talk solely about chicken. And I don't want anybody to think because me and Michelle are black that we would have just a fried chicken. No, I didn't get the $2 Tuesday. That Popeye's, I got a whole meal. But you know what? Um, I can have a whole podcast about, about cooking it, about one day. I'm going to invite you back. Oh. And we're going to talk about that. I'm here for everything grown girl. But anyway, <laughs> what we were talking about before, I don't even know anymore. No, but yeah, dating, dating. Yeah. And the culture is one big thing. And even like going back to words that phrases you don't know. Mm. The other day, somebody was like, oh, I'm just Jonan. Do you know what that means? I had to ask Tiffany. No, it's like, I'm just teasing you. And I I had to look. I looked it up on Urban Dictionary because I'm 15 years old. But um, my friend told me, I was like, you're being mean to me. He's like, no, I'm just Jonan. I'm Jonan. Oh, so so now when my boyfriend says I'm being mean to him, I'm like, I'm just joning. I haven't heard that word in a long time. So you knew what it was? And I think, yes, but in a different context. So I'm thinking like feeding, like I want you. That's Jonesing. See, I'm getting old, y'all. I'm getting old and this camera's not on as I keep looking to it. Let me turn it around so you don't think it's, I don't think it's on. No, it's not on. Um... You know, life is funny. And then another thing I don't like is the fact that um, when I say I'm African or people see my... A lot of people don't know until they see my last name, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, oh, you don't look African. What? Or they assume I'm Nigerian. And I'm like, look, every African is not from Nigeria. Like, and then I got to <laughs> get into a geography lesson of Africa as a continent with like 50 countries. Why don't people know that yet? <laughs> I took a whole class on geography I where you too. had to name every country yeah. in Africa. Ninth grade. Ninth grade. You're right. That is. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how people don't. You know, know what? It. Think about this. You don't take geography outside of the U.S. till you're 15. So you have all this knowledge before that. I never took anything geography related until sense. freshman year. So think about until you're 15, all you know is U.S. history. All right. you know is the U.S. And your state. Exactly. So that's, that's why point. people are like, what? That's a good point. Because then you only take geography when? For one semester? I think I only took, it first, I only took it first semester. 
And I went so, to high school in Georgia. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, it was sounds, ninth grade. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely ninth grade. So I think that's why people are like, oh, I didn't remember that. That's fine, too, but... I'm not defending them. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I think there has to be... There has to be some level of being politically correct. Yeah. Right. You know, a common courtesy. Like, and my therapist gets on to me because I, I don't like it when I meet people. I'm like, oh, I'm from Cameroon, West Africa. I always say West Africa, mm-hmm. you know, or I try to. Um, and then someone will be like, oh, yeah, we had some people from Kenya visit our church one year. And you're like, Okay. Like that song. Like, Why like are East, you East Coast versus West Coast? That's <laughs> <laughs> it's Tupac and Biggie. Okay, Snoop Dogg and whoever else. You know? KRS One. Like, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> Do I, you know my friend from Kenya? Is that the next question I ask? You? <laughs> like it never felt like someone will say something like totally random or you know of course Nigeria is the, yeah. you know I'm like oh okay yeah <laughs> get me out of this <laughs> and my therapist is like Michelle they're just trying to find common ground with you to develop a relationship oh and I, <laughs> so you shouldn't be immediately offended <laughs> oh wait, is that what that is but I, I think I'm doing better on it but it's just like okay once again they don't it's just a know. reminder of the division. Yeah, and people don't know their geography. Yeah, it, it's crazy. But I think at the end of the day, um, there's nothing else I would rather be. I was thinking about that. You know, I was like, you know what? I really like having that part of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that I can go there. Um, I feel like I should be. What? I'm listening. Oh. Uh, <laughs> And I like that I can eat food outside of American food because honestly, I mean, it's all right, but there's so much better food other places. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's true. true. So my mom used to pack me like actual Trinidadian lunches Mm -hmm. in elementary school, like rice and peas and chicken, stewed chicken. And I used to get so sad because I would eat it and everyone would be like, ew, what is that? And I was like, I would get, I asked my mom to stop packing me these kind of lunches because of peer pressure. <laughs> I'm oh sorry, mom. God. That was, but um, I was looking back. I'm like, you were eating, your mom didn't even love you. You eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. <laughs> I feel like I went through so much trauma growing up. Yeah. Because my mom, she would used to, I used to be really black. Like I, my skin was darker mm-hmm. than what it is now. And my mom would plait my hair. Mm-hmm. She would like thread my hair, like African style. Oh, nice! And then I would have like <laughs> these loops in my hair. Oh man, they they like, messed you up in school, didn't they? I, I was called so many names in school. Oh man, like the African booty scratcher. What is that? Where did that come from? I like my childhood was. I think that's why I have a bad memory. I done suppressed so many thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my, I don't remember. I don't know. Where did you go to elementary in Georgia too? No, so I grew up in Lubbock, Texas. Oh, oh, that's why, girl. Yeah, go Raiders. So I grew up in Lubbock, Texas. I went to Parsons Elementary, then I went to Atkins Junior High, which was uh, predominantly white and Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And then the black girls didn't like me. That was a whole nother issue there. And then, so I did my seventh grade there, and then eighth grade I moved to Atlanta. Oh, okay. And that was just a complete culture shock. So I did one year at North Plain Middle School, and then I did my four years at Riverdale High School. Oh, Riverdale. And then, so when I got to Atlanta, I remember the first time when school started, because my, my dad and his wife lived in the hood. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I've done this before. But when school started, we when the bus dropped you off, you had to stay in the gym. Oh, until school started? Right. Until, you know, the first bell rang. And I remember sitting, like, in the gym on the bleacher, like, the front row, and another traumatized event. Yeah. And then um, I was just there. I was like, I've never seen so many black people in one place before. Yeah. (laughs) I feel that. I still haven't seen a lot of black people in one place before. Maybe at, like, a wedding. (laughs) 
was just like, oh my God, what am I getting? I'm supposed to learn here? Like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's what? so rude. <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> What have I gotten myself into? You it know? wasn't your fault. So. But um, and that eighth grade year, that was a tough year too. That was a tough year because oh, you talk white, you know. You why you talk so proper? That is such. I'm like, look at our, look at how we let whiteness affect us in a way that we will be so div- divis- divisive. Mm-hmm amongst ourselves that hurts me because i i got that too white people would tell me that like you're white on you're you're different you're a different kind of black and i was like that's i'm a good black i was like that's oh man i i didn't have it wasn't cruel the teasing i got but it hurt because they were still calling me their friend and they were telling me all this kind of crazy stuff and I was like, I want to be your friend outside of this really rude and traumatizing mm. stuff you're saying to me. Like, they would turn off the lights and be like, where yeah. did Nyla go? Yeah. Or I remember one time I was in the pool and they threw um, watermelon in the pool at me. These are my these are my friends. Yeah. Uh, another time we went to a house party and somebody started telling racist jokes. And so I was like let's go and they're like no we don't want to leave so I went and I sat in the car and I just cried oh my god but so I just felt like I don't know any black people these white people are crazy yeah like where where do I go where do I never enough yeah yeah so that was hard and I'm still friends with some of these people Mm -hmm. and honestly you know you're just a dumb teenager Mm -hmm. and you're probably just saying stuff your parents Mm -hmm. you hear your parents say so I mean it's not a grudge but yeah that shit Put you in a mindset that can keep you back for so long. It does. Yeah. It really does. Um, I, I just remember, like, just not being enough. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't wear the right clothes. Mm-hmm. It was just always something. <laughs> yeah. I, re- I don't I don't know if when you were in school they had, but there were these Doc Martin sandals mm-hmm. that everybody, every white kid was wearing, honestly. And they were ugly as hell. But I wanted some so badly because everybody else had some. And my mom was like, I'm not buying you those Jesus sandals. (laughs) She's like, I'm not spending. Because they were probably like $100. They're so ugly, Michelle. But I really like them. Everybody else had them. Like, I went to a white school, so nobody had Jordans. So I wanted wanted these sandals. And uh, yeah, she said, I'm not buying you those Jesus shoes. Then she found me some knockoff ones for $20, so. Was it worth it? Yeah, I don't think people, I mean, now, if I was a parent, I wouldn't buy, I'd be like, no, you want to look good, don't you? Don't buy those Jesus sandals. I mean, it's hard. I don't think parents understand. Like, I don't know if they forget Mm -hmm. and they just fail to understand. Because I remember when I was with my mom, like, it was Payless Shoes Michelle and I was like, Mom, I want some Nikes. I want some Nikes. Yeah. I want some Nikes. She's like, No, Michelle, you're too rough on your shoes and I can't they afford don't, it. No, that. they don't forget. I feel like for our, my parents, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for yours, but my parents, my Trinidadian parents, they only grew up around other Trinidadians with all the same kind of parents who acted the same, who raised their kids the same. So I don't think they forgot. I think it's not the same. That's true because my, Mom didn't go to school here. Yeah. But, and they had to wear uniforms. I don't know. I just, I'm like, Mom, they're making fun of me at school. I'm trying to. Like daily. Like it's affecting my <laughs> mental state. I'm trying to make my life a little bit easier here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Oh I, my I did. I wore my hair in braids a lot. And I mean, it wasn't African threading with immaculate designs or anything like that but um i had to explain a lot because white people don't there's so much they don't understand because their perm is different than our perm well what i realized is called a permanent relaxer for us oh okay that's why it's called a perm i don't know what theirs means permanent i thought i think theirs. yeah i know it's curly i saw one the other day and i was like "Ooh, that's not curly girl that looks or spiral it didn't come out that way. I was, she was like, I got a perm. I was like, oh, you paid for that. 
<laughs> I can't tell. Okay, I remember like Coming to America is like one of my favorite movies. What year did that come out? Was it 89? 89? I don't know. We can watch it right now. Girl, <laughs> line by line. Um, but my mom, she had a Jerry Curl. I had a Jerry Curl. Wait, pause. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You know, the no. collar. My collar would be all greasy and dirty. My childhood was rough then. Oh my God. Yeah, you were rough on your hair. <laughs> childhood was When rough. did you get a jury? How old were you? I was young. I'm telling you, like. Your mom is not right. That's not right. <laughs> Even now, she'd be saying, like, my mom, she doesn't like the fact that I'm natural, right? Oh, really? And I've been natural almost eight or nine years. And then, Michelle, what are you going to do with your hair? You want to relax it? You want a Jerry curl? Mom, don't you ever. They don't sell that anymore, don't so don't be, ever. don't worry. Where can you get a Jerry curl? No, don't say that word in front of me. Is a Jerry are curl you, a perm? Be- is Jerry curl to black people as perm is to white people? What is it? I don't understand what a Jerry curl is. It's SAT analogy. You know, honestly, I didn't know what a Jerry curl is till I watched Coming to America. I mean, it just it makes, yeah, I get it. makes yeah. it curly. How? And then I guess we faded into the texturizer, right? So texturizer is actually a relaxer. It just isn't as strong. It loosens the curl. Right. Because yeah. it loosens your curl pattern. Does that but work? But I got that. Not for me. Because oh. I have tight coils. Yeah, me But too. see, that's, I, I experimented with that when I first became natural. Mm-hmm. You know. But, um, and then when I became natural in 2009... There wasn't a lot of information like there is now. That's when I went natural. Yeah. So yeah. I was just a product junkie. I didn't know what to... I was doing. And then like, I mean, I knew, we were, now we're talking about hair. Like I knew I had that kente. <laughs> <laughs> now this is, exa- this is still my conversation because, yeah. But. You, you know, mean I... ku- kente? Kente kente? <laughs> yeah. I knew I had that. I love my pro. Uh-huh. I love my pro. But, you know, it's like, it was just so much. Let me you see know? your shrinkage. They always talk about that. Yeah, I'm like, mine major. is it. Whoa. Do you ever straighten it? I used to, but not now. I'm okay, just so happy, happy. I'm just <laughs> it's so just happy. simpler. I'm just so happy. I'm like, <laughs> so I, this has nothing. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about hair. We'll talk about my hair in another episode, too. <laughs> What were we talking about? <laughs> Just being black <laughs> from head to toe. It's rough. <laughs> from head to toe. It's so much maintenance, <laughs> mentally and physically. Seriously, though. Oh, man. No, but yeah, I mean, I had a Jerry curl. I mean, like, I was just made fun of all the time. And it's like, I would go home, you know, to my house with my parents. And it was just crazy. It mm-hmm. was crazy. So I spent years living with my mom. Up until the age of 12 in Lubbock, Texas. And then um, so many stories now that I think about it. And then from the age of 12 to 17, I was with my dad in Atlanta. So, you know, it's like I was surrounded by white people, went to Atlanta. Didn't feel like I fit in with the black people. And um, it was just crazy. It was just crazy. I remember I would just be sitting there and my dad would touch my nose. Be like, oh, you got a white man's nose. You with your white man's nose. My mom used to squeeze my nose. to. She was like, I'm building a, the bridge of your nose. So I had the opposite. My mom would be like, she'd push my nose in. <laughs> parents have my, parents are, my parents are Caribbean, so they're a little superstitious and stuff. Really? So I was like. I thought it. I thought that was real. I was like, I would do it to myself eventually. I was like, I'm building a bridge. Obviously, it did not work. <laughs> I have no bridge. My glasses sit on top of my nostrils. And see, I would, I wouldn't even like. I didn't even know. And then I started looking at people's noses, and I'm like, oh, I do have a pointy nose. See, this <laughs> man. This is why you got to learn yourself. You got to unlearn stuff before you have kids. You have to unlearn, unpack all that mess before you have children. Because look at us sitting here with broken hearts and (laughs) minds. Broken hearts and laughter. Being like, oh my gosh. Traumatized. Um, No, self-awareness is key, though. Mm -hmm. 
self-awareness is key so but no i mean you know everything i do i do it for the culture yeah wait who's which who's you know african all of it black hip-hop <laughs> bust all, out all of the above can you like bust out a flow if i if i give you a beat right now are you gonna pull an iggy azalea <laughs> <laughs> you saw that meme like, what she's doing chi- when they're like doing a Chinese food order? No, what's the other what's the other chick's name? Who that says she's black? Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> you saw that meme this week. She said, "I, I, me too." And from Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she didn't actually say that. It's a, it's a meme. I thought she were saying she actually said that, and I, would, <laughs> I would die if she said that's not real. That's a meme, but it's funny. Rachel Dolalai. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she said, but it's such a good picture, though. It's like, <laughs> I too am from Wakanda. <laughs> oh my God, girl. Go ahead. Do you think she's going to go to the premiere? In a, I think at this point they should have invited her to the. the I mean, at this point, I think she just does stuff for the attention, right? So it's like she might as well run with it. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I think my thing with her though is like I need people to respect. I'm gonna just say black culture mm-hmm. with everything that falls under that. Yeah, like black, African, African American, Afro Latina, all of it. But we we need. We need more people like her in the sense that you need to use, like Charlamagne says, you need to use your white privilege to speak up and against racism. We do not need more people like her. No, she thinks she's she, black, though. She's overstepped the boundary. That's yeah. the problem with her. Okay. If she could just be like, hey, I'm a white woman and I serve on the NAACP. Yes, but do you think she? Had, do you think initially she had good intentions and that's then she lost? No, I think she's mentally ill. She has brainwashers. <laughs> she has Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> but like we, we just we need you to respect our culture. We don't need you to. I want to say become our culture. Like I don't know how to. She's at least set her boundaries. Basically. Have you ever seen? Okay, so there's Rachel Dolezal, who at least. Well, my problem is, my problem is the wigs. <laughs> And the, and the tannish. Too much. But have you seen this girl on Instagram? Her name is Woe Vicky. And oh my gosh, she's the worst human being on earth. If there was if there was a an award for that, she would get it. So she took that DNA test that she can take, which by the way, let's talk about that separately. Mm-hmm. But um and it said she was like what, one percent African. So then she develops this this character who is loud and obnoxious, has a certain way of talking. And I'm just like, why isn't anyone... I don't want to say that get physical with her, but why hasn't... Where are her parents? She can't be more than 17. Oh, the one that was on Dr. Phil? No, that's Cash Me Outside. I like Cash Me Outside. Because I believe that that's truly her. I think that's her. This girl is just doing it for laughs. I think because of social media, there's so there's a greater <clears throat> scale of getting attention. Yeah, that's true. And I think a lot of people are warped in getting attention. That's true. And negative attention. Any it's like good PR or bad PR. And if I if I'm able to take this an ounce of this and spin it. Yeah. Because she's got millions of followers. Yeah. But she's wearing and I people are like, oh, she's acting black. And I was like, I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. but that is no definition of blackness. Mm-hmm. And she she's not wearing a costume. She's being insane. And and she she is hurting us. Yeah, there are girls from the hood. And yeah, they deserve every same bit of respect as we do. But her just Wearing that costume and everyone being like, she's acting black. No, she's acting obnoxious and she doesn't get to wear Mm. a costume. And when we're going through experiences based in blackness, because she's not experiencing that, 
Cause she still looks white. Yeah. She put her hair in braids and she yeah, got yeah. long nails. And, um, you know, she tries to make herself like a round away girl, but an around the way girl has so many experience in her that is, that is, um, only related to blackness. And so I'm like, you, you are trash. Mm. You are 17 year old trash. And when you're old and you need to get a job, um, that's going to be awkward for you. Like, Imagine interviewing her and be like, you look very familiar, Victoria. Um, <laughs> wait a minute. Are you whoa, Vicky? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and people can change. You know, people can change. And I think, you know, one thing I've never liked was, like, I've never seen any other Fridays. Right? You mean the movie? Yeah. Oh. Um, because I don't like the portrayal of us. In the sense that what happens is when we do a movie like that, that's how society perceives us and they hold on to that. Oh, I love Friday. But if a white person, which you got the the beard, the duck hunt guys. Oh, yeah. You got Honey Boo Boo. Uh Uh-huh. That's like, we just That's just them. That's just them, pure entertainment, comedy, and that's it. Yeah. You know what? I felt that way about the Chappelle show. Mmm. And I don't, I don't mean that he, I don't think that he was cooning or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I remember in college, white people watching it and thinking it was so funny. And I'm like, they don't get the irony. Mm-hmm. They don't mm-hmm. get that it's ironic. Mm-hmm. They really think that that's just funny because it's black, black and that's, yeah. So I was like, oh, I can't, if the world was smarter, I could yeah. get with Chappelle's show, yeah. but it's not. And I, I think he understood that eventually. I think that was part of why he walked away, including them buying, trying yeah, to buy him, yeah. his soul. But yeah, I I see that with hmm. man Friday though. I don't. Well, do white people watch Friday? They don't know that by Felicia is from Friday. I don't think they watch that movie. Right, but they say in it, and they feel but they don't know what it's from. Okay. They don't know what by Felicia is from. I mean, I, I didn't know either because I haven't seen it. Yeah, you saw Friday. I haven't seen it. Oh, you need to watch it. Don't be talking about it. I could probably watch <laughs> it now that I'm older. You never saw any Friday? Mm-hmm. And I never had the desire to. Oh, even now I've seen it and now I'm a third culture. Maybe that's the term, third culture, that I was trying mm. to remember before. But yeah, I'll make you watch it. And then I have a friend named Felicia too. So when that became popular, were you like, "How do they know her?" Well, I'm not that foolish, but I just think you know, it's just like, you know, it's close to home and yeah. it's played out. So it's just like, yeah, they ruined yeah, that. So I mean, that wasn't a thing. They ruined that. They being whoever you want to think they are, they ruined by Felicia. They ruined a lot. You know, I was thinking the other day that if black Twitter didn't exist, there'd be no culture. There'd be we no t-shirts. Are, we are it, man. Yes, there'd be nothing. And I, I definitely think that's why I said even hip hop, right? I do it for the culture. Even yeah. the influence of hip hop yeah. that has spanned into so many outlets. Hey guys, let's take a quick break. Okay, here's a quick shout out to some of my favorite accounts on social media um, having to do with race, body, culture, fashion, fun, or mental health. So around race, body, and culture, I really like sassy underscore latte. Also, Megan Kimberling, her account is of the same name. Kimberling is spelled K-I-M-B-E-R-L-I-N-G. And there's also Yasmin at quarter.water.dreams. If you're looking for inspiration of any and all kinds, fashion, fun, decor, whatever, try Crystal with a K and a Y, DeSantos, and her account is of the same name, or Brandy at Authentically B. So her account is Authentically B and her name is Brandy. Finally, some mental health accounts I really like are You Are Not Alone. That is, um, their account is talk underscore Yana, Y-A-N-A, You Are Not Alone. Also, the Soul Filling Podcast. Some people from my hometown of Houston, shout out to Tiffany and Jasmine and the rest of their crew. And finally, the Avocado and Honey Podcast, 
which is just about self-care all around. All right, that was a lot, but I'll have some more next time. So let's get back to the show. strayed away a little bit from our main topic, but, you know, I think it goes back to the fact that we can have that, we've got that perfect mixture of understanding of what it is to be foreign Mm -hmm. and then also to be the Black experience in America. And I think that's an advantage, not not to, for us, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying necessarily over anybody, Mm -hmm. but, um, and even like you said, code switching, I think people give it a negative connotation, mm-hmm. but it it truly does help you to bridge a divide sometimes. I mean, I don't have, my code switching is flawed because like mm-hmm. you said, there's so much I don't know mm-hmm. about Black American culture. I know more now that I'm older, right. but I, I mean, I would code switch the other way, not into whiteness. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, I because of where I grew up. I had to code switch into blackness right, right? and I was still learning blackness. Right. So, you know, I mean, I did, when I got my job at HEB, that was the first place that I was around a really diverse crowd mm-hmm. uh, because everybody works at HEB. And so my code switching got really strong there because they would be like, you talk white and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so I learned a lot there, but I also, I had to be constantly because you're also dealing with different customers. Right. I was constantly code switching. Right. So, but I talked to my friend the other day and she was like, I don't do that. I don't have a problem with how I sound or anything like that. I'm really secure. And she's black or white? She's black. And I thought that was interesting. I was like, I never, that never crossed my mind. Like I felt, I felt innately that I need to code switch. Well, I think I'm secure now. Mm-hmm. Right. But, and there's so much that has come with that as yeah. far as experience. But I I, I, don't, it may be code switching is not the right word at this time, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I adjust, you know, like, you know, you were laughing at me because I was dancing, right? <laughs> Obviously, I'm more comfortable with you. Yeah. But if we were at the Urban League having a meeting, I'm going to be on my best behavior. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we all make an adjustments based off our comfort level with people. And of course, if there's a stranger that comes up to me, I mean, I'm going to... I want to say I'm going to talk the same way I talk. I'm mm-hmm. going to my tone, enunciation. I don't use a lot of slang. Of course, I'm not going to curse, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, like I really think like what you see is what you get. But if we're really good friends, you're just going to get some more foolery. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why I think everybody code switches, right? Like, you know, you're a different. Per- I mean, some people are the same at work as they are at home. <laughs> And that's fine. That's not, and they, they pride themselves in that. They're like, I'm always the same. Yeah. And, and that's fine, but I'm not, I'm also not an extrovert. I think extroverts do that a lot. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm the same everywhere. And I'm not like that. I have to be, I have to tell myself to be personable in public or else I'm going to be like, I'm over here eating snacks by myself and that <laughs> is fine. So. Nah, it's, man, life, it's, interesting yeah and we got that added thing about not knowing a whole additional bunch of stuff (laughs) as always michelle gome giving me the pearls of wisdom but yeah let's wrap things up um is there anything that you want to tell us to check out from you before we go books speaking gigs where can we find you online talk about your podcast yeah so i have a podcast called networking with michelle where we discuss life strategies with a little bit of entrepreneur advice and yeah itunes spotify google play pretty much new episode every week i'm very grateful been doing that for the past um, three years and my website is michellegomez.com. That's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-N-G-O-N-E.com. Silent N. 
tricky. <laughs> Not known, but go me. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just grateful to be on platforms like this to share my message. And I've been opening up a lot more. I think this may be one of the best interviews that I've done because I've been able to express like everything that makes up Michelle. Yeah. Right. And not just the networking guru. Of right. Michelle and everything. So great. So thank you yeah. uh, for allowing me to have this outlet and I look forward to following your success. So what's next for you? What's next for me? You know, stun on these. Shows. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. You know, in the Corolla. Oh you know, my God. You know how I do. <laughs> Hanging on the passenger side in his best friend's ride. Trying to holler at me. I'm not saying you was good. <laughs> well, you know, the Corolla, we do what it's not. Now, um, on, a, on a professional note, was I cold switching? Yeah. I, oh, okay. We're doing that right now. Okay. No, um, seriously, I'm doing... A lot more emphasis on speaking engagements. I'm very fortunate to already speak at Texas A&M University, Prairie View A&M University, um, Houston Association of Black Journalists, and just a couple of different things this year. I have two books, uh, Network, Navigate, and Nurture, Success Undefined. The next books, um, like I said, I am writing my memoir. And I'm trying to frame it in such a way that um, there's a lot of emphasis on the black sexuality component. Mm -hmm. So I'm spending a lot more time um, talking about sexuality, sexuality and promoting that message. And, you know, really, really want people to understand that um, they're survivors Mm-hmm. Whatever they're thinking and they're feeling, it's okay. Um, it's okay to be your whole self. Yeah. You know, um, advocate of mental health or have a therapist um, and creating those safe spaces for mm-hmm. people, um, whether it's face-to-face or online. And I just really want women to know, like I'm an advocate for women in the sense that, uh, once again, we are multifaceted, multi-passionate people we are capable of doing so much and we need to express that to the fullest. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you to decide on how you want to express your womanhood. And I encourage it. We need more of it. And um, I just, you know, I'm over here rooting for everyone black, Woo! rooting for every woman. Um, I'm rooting for every man that supports women. <laughs> so I have this idea where I want to meet more black people mm-hmm. in real life, not just online. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make these business cards and on the front, it's going to say I'm rooting for everyone back black. Mm-hmm. And then on the back, it's going to be like, hi, I'm Nyla. Nice to meet you. And then I'm going to have my Instagram or something. Not, yeah. I thought about my phone number, but I'm like, nah, because I don't know who these people really are, but in my email and that's how I meet more black. I'm just going to hand it to them. I think that's dope. Yeah. I think that's really dope. And I think, um, I just, I just love us mm-hmm. and I want to support us and I'm just working my butt off. I just, I just want to share my message. And yeah. once again, just thank you for this outlet. Yeah, no problem. All right. So the last thing is what's one thing you think grown girls should know? Every girl, what's one thing you think every grown girl should know? Every grown girl needs to know you are good enough just the way you are. And you will continue to evolve. You are a whole woman. Mm -hmm. And you're learning. And you're figuring shit out. And it's okay. Who's with you is with you. And who's not. Don't even worry about it. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you, Michelle, for coming to my podcast. It's only second episode. And look at all these awesome things we talked about. You know? And thank you for listening. As always, you can check me out at thoughtscaughtinmyfro.com. You can also find me on YouTube. And I'm trying to figure out how to upload this podcast to a whole different bunch of different things. I'll talk to Michelle about that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah. Peace.